Hello, traveler. Please, have a seat while I tell you the tale of the Prismatic Guard. Starring Abby O'Neill as the combustible and often confused tiefling alchemist, Flint Therai. Jason Hops as the old veteran, Robarth Mirax, a dragonborn warlock with a mysterious patron. Jerry Evans as an affable historian, the halfling bard, Roscoe Suitfoot. And Ashley McLean as the carefree but determined Ottervoke Samurai, Margo. Hosted by Eli Royal, join us on a tale of a world still recovering from a great war that changed everything. Hello, you're listening to We Play RPG's Prismatic Guard. I am your host, Eli, joined by... Hi, I'm Abby, and I play Flint. I'm Jason, and I play Rovarth Mirax. Hi, I'm Jerry, and I play Roscoe Suitfoot. I'm Ashley, and I play Margo. And this episode, like many episodes, is brought to you by MetallicDiceGames.com and their fancy pretty dice that I don't get to use because I'm running this game and I don't have paper for this. We appreciate you. But they uh, have... Stone dice, metal dice, resin dice. Their dice towers are pretty cool because they're collapsible to make them easier to carry around. And if you go to their website, metallicdicegames.com, and use the coupon code PLAYITFORWARD, then you get 10% off your entire order. This episode is also brought to you by Found Familiar Coffee. It's all D&D-themed coffee with D&D-themed artwork where they credit the artists. My my favorite is a tie between Goodberry and Initiative, but I think Initiative might be my favorite right now. I mean, Initiative is certainly my favorite. Yeah. Then again, I'm also a basic bitch. <laughs> if you go to uh, foundfamiliar.com slash play it forward, you get 10% off your entire order. And last time... You guys had just met up with the uh, reformers in Bemen, I believe. Uh, yeah, Chen Chen Long. We were getting information from him. Then um, Stormclaw walked by, and all his bitch ass glory. <laughs> I don't like him. I'm sorry. I mean, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not asking you to like him. <laughs> but, and I believe we ended. With you guys going to meet, uh, meet up with the uh, uh, the reformers. Yeah, we went to a safe house that um, they had because obviously we needed to rest up, cool down. So yeah, you guys had uh, met up with the reformers, specifically talking to uh, uh, Ching Long or Cheng Long. A tiefling with deep purple skin and bright yellow eyes. And on that note, it's very fun, but the player's handbook says that tieflings are either human skin tones or a shade of red. And literally everyone went, nah. (laughs) They're a rainbow. (laughs) We got the blues, we got the purples, we got the pinks. I mean, I feel like kind of basic because I made Flint red, but at the same time, it's like, he's a bright candy apple red. 
So it's, it's still fun. It's just very funny to me that literally everyone went, no, buddy, we're not going to just be Shades of Red. You dumb. Bro, that's so boring. Like, if I can't have a... If I can't have a tiefling that's, like, bright fucking green, what's the point? Anyway. So, yeah, Chang says, uh... You're, you're sitting at this table, and it, I, it it's very clear that most of the people here are reformers. And... Chang says, uh... So, what particularly brings you to Bemen. We're looking for my adoptive father. He is an alchemist called Elric Fanheim. I'm not familiar with the name. I mean, he's responsible for um, creation of... For manufacturing these new weapons. Yeah. Ah, the firearms. You say that and everybody starts... Margo, because of your passive perception, you knew that everyone was paying attention to you this whole time. Um, but now they're not being quite as secretive about paying attention to you. We're trying to free him because I'm pretty sure he wasn't you know, exactly doing this willingly. I don't understand what that means. You're you're not sure he was exactly doing it willingly? We believe he was kidnapped and being forced to make these weapons against his will. Ah. Hmm. Well, I... Hmm. What I can tell you is that we're not entirely sure where most of these things are being manufactured. Things come in and out of the palace and the various noblemen's homes all the time. Um, I mean, I, I suppose the only thing we could really do is ask around, see what information we can gather on where he would most likely be kept or where the information about him would be, uh, presuming he is still alive. The Empress is not known for her patience. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> oh my god. I have a question. If the Empress is commissioning these firearms, surely she might know where he is being held. Is that not a correct assumption? I think that perhaps you should tell me what you're thinking before I answer that question. Well, did you hear about what we did to the, the previous uh, group of your organization, what we, how we helped them out? I was aware that you are up against a simple lord with barely a hundred soldiers under his command. Rovarf, good sir. So we need tact. Rovarf, good sir. I'm just going to be blunt about this. Did you want to break into the palace? That would be the most direct route, but I'm I'm assuming that we're going to be dealing with a lot more security than... Uh... We, we These are bigger stakes and bigger game. I 
Yeah. I this that is the last that is the we can't come up with any other solution scenario. Which it um, may very well come now, down to. Something I can tell you is well, actually, hold on. And he motions for you all to follow him and he steps outside and he points at the largest building in the city up on a little bit of a hill and he says, That is the palace. Do you mind describing the palace a little bit? Uh, as best I can. It doesn't have to be the... like a massive one. <laughs> well, I know that it's five stories with at least one sub-level. That's the information we've been able to gather about it anyway. There are many grounds within the palace, uh, f- uh, at least one garden, the walls are, well, um, let's see, where am I? Here we are. The walls are 30 feet high and uh, 5 feet thick with several parapets. There are only two entrances or exits that I'm aware of, the main gates in the east and the delivery gates to the south. Inside of the palace, I couldn't begin to tell you what you might encounter. And Roscoe goes, and without with that lack of knowledge, we would be at a, a severe disadvantage compared to what we are already at at a disadvantage on top of that. I... The reformers simply don't have the numbers to go head-to-head with the government. The Empress isn't particularly well-liked by the other noble families, but they aren't willing to threaten the power structure. All they really have to do is assassinate her and take over, but if an outsider or rebels were to do it, that is an entirely different thing. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Roscoe looks at the group and goes, what is everybody's feelings at this moment? I just feel like we need more information. Like, what's the political, political, like, stakes of the city and stuff? I can't think of the word. Um, climate? <laughs> political climate, yes. Thank you. That one. Until these firearms, tense, well, tense-er, specifically for the Empress, she was barely holding on to power. Now, her family has been the emperors and empresses for the last few generations, but things like that tend to change hands frequently. Uh, Well, frequently by, say, dwarven standards. Understood. Uh, By human standards, I suppose not so much. Will just be replaced with another. Yes. The there's a certain amount of chaos that our organization does need and does rely on, but I fear that the amount of chaos required for, or the amount of chaos that would be caused by, say, the kidnapping or assassination of the Empress by outsiders or our organization, 
would not be something we could handle. So we either do it silently or and ignore her entirely, or we have one of the noble families do it for us somehow. Well, I know a lot about the noble class. And honestly, I don't think that I should conjecture. Stay here. You have rooms. Uh, that will be assured. Um, s- s- just stay here, at least until morning, and I'll see what information I can gather. That will be most appreciated. Thank you. And I'll give him a nod. Thank you. And he stands up and walks out. As we're left alone, Roscoe just sighs. Um, He, just for your all perspective, he looks both tired and just a little, I don't know what the word would be. Um, Frazzled? Done. Um, He seems like, this is probably the most uncertain you've ever seen in his eyes. And he just goes, I'm tired. And without another word, he walks off to find his room. He fidgets with something in his pocket as he walks away. Out of character, it's the prismatic badge. <laughs> but yeah, he just seems... Like, every step he takes walking away, he just feels, he just seems like he's heavier. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Flint and to Margo, and I'm just going to say... Do we really feel like overthrowing an empire or do we just want to save Elric and move on to bigger grander things okay here's the thing Flint in the end he wants to help people and that means overthrowing government same same in character okay this is good in character stuff I mean production moment (laughs) don't make that voice it's horrifying Mm, give me that character development Okay, okay. Uh, Flint kind of sighs and goes, No, I want to help them, but at the same time, it's like, I just, in the end, I, I feel bad because I'm selfish. I just want to save Alfred. Like, I don't mind helping them, but at this point, like, how much help can we really be for we're just making a bigger problem than they can handle? at this point like we're four people against an army I think we can do this my main concern is causing more chaos than we should one lord is one thing an empire is another if we do decide to help these people we need to do so with tact and with cleverness we can't just go charging in that much I've learned Mm Hmm. but we need to have a good plan. I'm going to go see if I can help Roscoe with whatever's going through his head. And I go wandering off to find Roscoe. I mean, uh, when Flint and Margo head back to their room, Flint, Flint just kind of like, you know, touches your shoulder and goes, you okay? I... I'm not okay. Do you want to talk about it when we get in? Margot says, you know, I'd, I'd like that. Once we, 
you know, get inside. We can talk. Uh, once they get to their room, Margot uh, opens up to Flint and says, you know, I, I didn't like feeling like, like that. I was, I was completely out of control. I, I didn't have control of my own body. And they didn't trust me. I know that I don't communicate, but I mean, it felt awful to not be trusted. And it, it put me back in this place. Like when my teacher was teaching me, he treated me that way. And I was a lot younger then. And that's how I would react back then. And even still, like, even being treated that way, I, I really miss him sometimes. But that's, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I mean, I can understand my Elric... I I feel like I've never talked about it enough and frankly that's mainly because when I left the circus like what happened is I was about to leave then like at the day I was supposed to leave we got the our circus got busted and a lot of people got arrested I managed to get away in the confusion but at the same time before I left we got into the argument. We got into an argument, and he basically told me I'd never amount to anything. Like he and he, honestly, he wasn't great. He he sucked. That's honestly the easiest way to put it. He he sucked. It's just like I still miss him, you know. Yeah. I get that. So I so I think I understand. At the same time it's like they should have trusted you, I feel like. Like you've you're basically the reason we've are we've like, you know, survived this long. Like, frankly like it's a it's a little terrifying. You're you're so small that you're like so good at keeping all of us all of us crackpots alive. <laughs> yeah. I- a really good teacher. Like, even if you weren't communicating, they should have been trying to help you, and you shouldn't have been put in that situation. Yeah. At the same As time, it's like... an aside, I didn't know that that job that I took with Stormclaw was to take your adopted dad. That's uh, why I ran off after him. I knew he had more information. Of He spoke to the people that got us the job. And also, I just, you know, wanted to beat him out because he's a jerk. I think this is just showing us that we all kind of need to communicate a little more. But in your defense, like, I don't like talking about people that I've left previously and I don't exactly know what's going on with them like with my brother I didn't I don't like talking about him because I'm afraid if I talk about him too much uh, next next you know when I go to find him he's not going to be alive 
I, Elric is just like, I didn't want to bring him up because all it brought back was, was pain. Like, all I just keep remembering is that argument where he told me to just do whatever. He didn't care if I, you know, if I failed or not. Yeah. We probably should go to bed now. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what a way to end the day. Yeah. Now <laughs> time for snuggles. Yes. Mandatory snuggles. <laughs> Mandatory snuggles. All right. Um, in the morning, you're awoken. And uh, Chang has returned. And... Um, they actually, say, oh, sorry. sorry. Sorry to pause the story progression, yeah. but did um, Rovarf still want to check on Roscoe? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's the question, right? Are, are Is Roscoe going to let Rovarth have a conversation, or does Roscoe visibly just want to be left alone as I enter your room? So you just entered the room, right? Yeah. Um, Before you enter the room, you hear Roscoe just, right before you enter the room, finish a prayer. But you don't. Do you speak halfling? No. Okay, you don't know what he said then. But he sees you and he just sighs and goes, and he beckons you to sit down with him. And I will. And then he deep sighs, and I hope I can get through this without stumbling. He he does a deep sigh and go, How long have we been together now, Rovarf? Months at least. <sighs> you know what I was doing before you and I began these things? No. I was writing my work about the Great War. It seems like a different life now, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was visiting those who are still alive, those who still remembered. Because you must visit and talk to those who remember, so it shall never be forgotten. <sighs> different lifetime. And then I met you all. I even still remember Ligritz, even though he's no longer with us. And we have done things. For all intents and purposes, good things. Things that needed to be done. That's what I was raised. Do what needs to be done. Do what needs to be done against evil so good can flourish. That's how I was raised. And I was raised in that way strictly. Sometimes harshly. I didn't have many pleasures growing up. I did not have many moments of free time. The greater good is how I was raised. So as we've done these things, Rovarf, and Roscoe stands up and starts pacing, what have I done? I have killed. I have lied. I have cheated. I have overthrown people. I have slayed beasts who will never get the feast in the forest ever again. And I have done all of it. All of it. With the mindset, it is justified. For it's for the greater good. And innocence will flourish. He sighs, lowers his head, and goes, How do I justify, Rovarf? Tell me. How do I justify? That I took over Margot's mind and made her hurt someone who probably didn't deserve it. You can't. You're goddamn right I can't. 
mistakes happen. And I, I, I heard her. I heard Baroon in my mind trying to guide me. And I let myself be astray. I should have trusted her. And because I didn't trust Margot, our biggest lead, our only lead is gone. And who knows if we'll find him again. I am depended on by this team to make sound decisions, reasonable judgment, and I failed all three of you. And he kicks a sm- he he kicks something. I don't know what he kicks, but he kicks it. Like you've right. never seen him this way. No. I'm gonna put my hand on Roscoe's shoulder. I'm gonna get down on one knee, and I'm just going to say, "It is not your sole responsibility. It is all of ours. You're not the only one that screwed up there." I should have trusted Margot as well, and I did not. We all make mistakes. The important thing is we learn from them and move past them and do not let them happen again. Roscoe looks at you. I was praying before you came in here, apologizing for... I haven't prayed. I haven't done my life's work. I. He's fidgeting with something in his pocket, but you don't know what it is. I'm... I've, my whole life, I have been brought here. I was born, raised, trained, educated for one purpose. And it's, I feel so heavy. (laughs) I feel so heavy and weak at the same time. It's, I haven't been making sound decisions. I haven't been making good judgment. It's, I've treated Margot like trash. I've treated her like a child. And I know you're not, I know you're going to try to talk me out of this. And you're right. Mistakes can be learned from. Mistakes cannot be repeated. Mistakes must be paid for. And she will let me know. She's watching over me when the mistake must be paid for. She, and when it's the time come, for me to pay for that mistake. Don't stop it from happening. Reverthal nod. One final thing before we depart, friend. Nothing's free. What was your payment for returning? To... Well, seems like the gods have bigger problems than they can deal with on their own without other things interfering and causing more problems. So apparently, if I remember correctly, one of one of our old enemies has returned, and Jack Donna needs our help dealing with it, because someone or something, to be more accurate, let them out from their grave. And I don't know who it is, but once we're done, I don't want to stay here longer than we have to. I feel like there are things moving further afield faster than we can take care of it. I feel like we need to just get Flint's dad safe and move on. But... If we do do this, we need to be careful. But that is my price. 
one last job. And then you go back. Potentially. I'm, I got the, the feeling that that's how it's going to work, but the, like Jack Donna mentioned that there might be other forces interfering with that particular plan of hers. So we'll see what happens. Well, if that is what it possibly is before we depart for tonight, can I tell you, can I tell you one of my favorite stories growing up? Of course. It's odd because it's a halfling tale, but it doesn't involve halflings. It's a human woman who realized she was at the end of her time and she did something unusual. God, she went to this. Death's door and knocked. Death was completely caught off guard. Death usually is the one doing the knocking. And Death looked at this woman and said, What do you want? And the woman looked at him, looked at Death and said, More time. Death said, Why? She said, I need to find purpose before I go. Death nodded and said, you get one year. And she did. She did everything in that one year, Rovarf. She could have done her entire life. She traveled. She visited strangers. She kissed men. She kissed women. She feasted. She dined. She whined. And at the end of it, she couldn't find what she was looking for. And then, when the year was almost up, she's walking down the street, and there was a runaway cart heading towards a five-year-old boy. And she dove in front of that cart, and she pushed that boy out of the way, and the cart struck her down, and she died. And as Def came to greet her, Def asked, did you find purpose? And she looked over at her corpse, looked over at the boy in the arms of his family, holding him tight, thankful that he survived. She looked at him and smiled and said, Yes. My message to you, Rovarf, is complete this one job. But not everyone gets more time. Find what makes it all worthwhile to you when it's time to go. Promise me that. I promise that I will find whatever it is I need to do before I pass on. And go, then go forth with no regrets, only gladness that it happened. <laughs> There's a reason I willingly lay down in those Jack Donoblooms. Death is a mercy. Good night, friend. God, I wish I could end this episode here. And then I walk out. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Eli. Sorry to interrupt the action on this episode of Prismatic Guard, but if you really love the world that we've crafted for you, if you really love our characters and the monsters and the NPCs, well, you now have the chance to play in that world. We have a Kickstarter for this world. Ildar, the world of dragons. And if you go to weplayrpgs.com, click at the top of the page, support the show, you will see a link for the Kickstarter. And A, you can help us make this setting a reality, but B, you can get your hands on a copy of the world setting. 
everyone involved in the project, uh, Roscoe, Margot, Flint, Rovarth, they are all playing original classes or subclasses for this setting. And you have the chance to look through all the other awesome things we have. So go ahead and head to weplayrpgs.com, top of the page, support the show, and follow that link to the Kickstarter. And if you can help us out, that would be amazing. If you can't, go ahead and just share it for us. All right, get back to the action. And I am literally crying right now. There are... There are tears running down my face. I am not so okay. What the sweaty. fuck? Oh my god! It's <laughs> uh, such a such a good moment. Ah, uh, I got. Yeah, I I so genuinely wish I could end the episode here. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks for letting me do that. <laughs> but so, I imagine the morning is very somber. For everyone. Yes. If anyone was able to get any sleep. Roscoe did not sleep. He fidgeted with his prismatic guard badge all night. I mean, I imagine Flint was kind of like doing his best to make Margot felt good enough to sleep. But like, I imagine both of them kept waking up and just like had a hard time sleeping. Both of them kept waking up wanting to say something to the other one and then going back to sleep. Yep. Uh, when Flint wakes up and they're both up to getting ready before they leave, he just kind of gently grasps Margot's shoulder and goes, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But, and honestly, per, and honestly, I fucking hate talking about feelings because it, it never ends without tears. But I, I think you need to talk to them about what happened so we can make sure it doesn't happen again. Like, I see where you were coming from, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if they do. So I think you need to talk to them. And if you need me, I'll be right here. And it's all on your time. I'm not going to make anything happen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Well, let's go get some breakfast. I'm hungry and I'm desperate and just really need some coffee. When all of you get downstairs, Chang is already waiting. And they say, um, I have intermittent news. Intermittent news is better than no news. Fair. Well, it does seem that, um, no matter what, there should be a record in the palace of Elric. From what my spies have been able to discern, there is some sort of organization within the palace walls that keeps track of everything. Um, they aren't able to get any more information than that without risking exposing themselves. That makes sense. And then we don't, we wouldn't need to go after the Empress per se, but we can just break into her archives. Very true. 
the question is, where are the archives? That is the difficulty we're having. Ah, uh, yes, um, the thousand gold question. The good news is, this is a start. Now, obviously, sneaking in and out of the palace is going to be difficult. Uh, the sheer number of people, and he looks at Rovarth and says, the equipment some of you carry. If you're referring to my armor, I can take care of that real quick. I think he's talking about the sword. Oh. This, no, I was referring to the armor. And I ah. just whoosh, and the armor goes away. A, a sword is a sword. That, um, I de-summon nice. the armor. <laughs> yeah, you do that and everybody's notices, obviously, and he's just like, wow, that's very cool. Flint never gets tired of seeing that, honestly. Like, I, Flint's just, like, smiling in the back and like, I, I need to figure out how to do this. I need to figure out how to I do like this. to imagine that it's kind of like the Iron Man armor in the <laughs> cartoons where it just seems to, like, fold out of his back and envelop his body and then fold back. Well, it is now. Even though it's not coming or going anywhere. I always kind of imagined it sort of like a... You know how Loki's armor, like, uh, in the Avengers movie, where it kind of just, like, kind of, like... Materializes? I imagine it's sort of like that, except uh, instead of gold, it's that kind of white-blue color his uh, Eldritch Blast is. That's even cooler than what I said. Well, that's what it is now. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Also, Disney, please don't smack us. He says, um, our... Obviously, the night is going to be the best time to do this, but I'm not comfortable sending you in to do this without more recon. And to be honest, I'm not sure what recon can be done. My spies are not nearly gifted enough to sneak around the palace. Can you give us the... Uh... The guard, the guard routes, like, you know, timetables, anything like that. Um, inside of the palace, uh, palace buildings themselves, I cannot. I mean, at least from the outside, we can... However, within, I do know that there are always going to be two guards posted at the main gates and at the... Uh, Southern Gate. And I can also tell you that there will be at least two guards at every corner of the walls in the parapets. Are there any events coming up? Social gatherings, balls, galas, that kind of thing? Uh, Not that I am aware of. Hmm. Is there any, like, you know, servants' entrances or anything like that? Or is it all through the main gate? The gates? southern gate. Okay. Where the deliveries are made, but most of the servants live in the palace. Yeah, they're going to know that we don't belong. Um, 
And I can also tell you, none of the servants are Otterfolk, Dragonborn, Tiefling, or Halflings. I was going to say, especially with our particular uh, appearance. Because this is quite the quandary. We know, we have enough information to know we need to get in there. But we don't have enough information to go. I mean, Flint pulls out a jar. It doesn't look like a jar you've seen before. Inside is kind of like this weird jelly-like look liquid stuff it actually like it looks like really thick lotion i have a potion of invisibility that makes anything easier one hour and that's uh it automatically goes away if we attack any anyone or break or like you know do anything too strenuous i'm just i'm still thinking about the, I mean, what is it that you did in your past life, Flint? We never really got around to talking about that. Uh, um, I'm not sure I want to talk about that in, you know, ah, a public space. Understood. Like, Still. Let's put it this way. I left your around 10 years ago and while I was not one of the major players, my face is probably still recognizable to some people. Understood. But I mean, oh man. Roscoe goes, I would suggest perhaps one more day of information and then whatever we have or don't have, we're just going to have to work with. Are there any, um, trying to figure out if I should ask this in character or out of character, I'll do it in character. Are there any magical shops that sell potions or or cloaks or things of that sort. Very likely. I say we get some gear first. I mean, at the very least, I could get some armor that's not so obviously out of town. Or we could also find something else that's interesting. We'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. And we can refine our plan as well while we're out shopping. Day of prep, mm-hmm. day of planning. Sounds like a worthwhile endeavor to me. Say our current toolkit's more geared for direct combat, but I mean, we could, no, no reason we can't go shopping for things that would make it easier for us to remain undetected. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Just because Jason has no good ideas and needs stuff to make any ideas work, apparently. And Roscoe's too uncertain of himself right now to be the <laughs> ideas person. Flint's trying his best, but let's be real. He is not exactly leader material at this point in time. Say, so if there was an event going on in town, I was just going to like be like, hey, we're entertainers from out of town. Let's go and like sneak in. But nah, that, that's not going to work. Can't pretend to be foreign dignitaries if there are no events where foreign dignitaries would be. Yeah, this is true. Not to mention you're not really dressed for it. No, but yeah, again, no. we could fix that with the shopping montage. I, for one, would welcome Ambassador Margot. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Ambassador Margot is adorable. Oh I'm just imagining her God. in like a little dignitary's dress. It's is so she cute. swimming in the punch bowl? 
foreign customs. Oh my god, that would just be. <laughs> we can still do this. We just need to I... buy the right, the appropriate clothes. I love it. <laughs> I both love and hate that I just came up with this. Okay, I actually hate. Uh, think Flint's actually surprisingly good at sewing and like embroidery stuff because partially because of how he uh, enchants his armor because it's basically leather. He essentially just like you know embroiders. Remind us this plan can't work because there's no events. (laughs) Yep, it would be fun. I know it's still cool. (laughs) So what's prepared for stealthing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So run me through what the plan is like are you trying to gear up so all of you can stealth or are you just trying to like pack margo full of shit that will help her stealth <laughs> yeah um actually yeah roscoe sighs and looks at rovar from flint and goes i don't think all four of us going in is gonna be a great idea no i say we have one lookout waiting for something to go horribly wrong and then at least one infiltrator <laughs> Roscoe sighs and goes, I will look out. All right. Roscoe looks at Margo and goes, do you think you can infiltrate? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I've done jobs before. Roscoe kneels down to you and goes, Margo. Yeah. Will you marry me? No. (laughs) Oh, my God. Roscoe, this is the moment of truth. This is the moment of assurance. I can't have a pretty sure, and I know you don't want to rely on pretty sure. I need to hear you say, yes. Yes, I can do this. Then I will watch out for you. Thank you. Roscoe looks at Rovar from Flint and goes, I consider you both better at equipment, gear, and supplies. So anything you two can think of, prepare us. I think I should go with Margot just because apparently the the Mana Stone did I pronounce it correctly that time? Mm-hmm. Yay. Allows me to u- open unlocked doors. That's dope. Roscoe so, tilts his head. Um, Roscoe goes that open is Open unlocked doors. I mean, my hand can do that. <laughs> Open locked doors. <laughs> <laughs> Rovartha needs more morning coffee. <laughs> Let's find the local uh, font familiar coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flint needs some it's coffee. delivered by a, by a, a celestial crab. <laughs> like, look what's in the street. It's the celestial crab. Hail. Why yeah. I'll hail the celestial for- crab. Why do I have to pay extra for this coffee? Sorry, Celestial Crab. It's the coffee claws. Uh, <laughs> I, love I love you so oh, much. Oh, my God. Oh, you're my favorite. But uh, in character, Flint says, um, Hey, uh, Margot Rovarth, like, um, let me know when we want to do this because I think I might have a few enchantments I could weave into your armor temporarily. Like, uh, for Margot, I was going to add, like, uh, you know, do powerful enchantments uh, and uh, uh, add, like, the avoiding property to her armor as your reaction when the target with an eight, with a target that targets your AC, you add on your intelligence modifier to your armor class. Oh, shit. Is Ooh. this for me only? I hope it's not. 
Um, I don't know. At first level, you're able to infuse magic to a number of items equal to your intelligence modifier. Artificer is able to do this as an action or as a ritual. When used as an action, the effects last for one minute. When used as a ritual, the effect lasts till after a long rest. And actually, there's nothing saying I can't do this for other people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I designed it so you could do it for other people, but I don't remember trying to find where I put that PDF so that I can double check what I wrote. <laughs> um, well, we I also have need it. To go shopping open. for things that will make us stealthier because I'm, well, yeah, I'm kind of like... stealthy, but I'm not skilled at it. I'm just dexterous. Yeah, well, at the very least, if you guys get hit, I want you to at least, you know, have a little bit of extra protection because I don't want you to die and not be able to say I did a nothing. Hope for the best, prepare both. for the worse. Yeah. Yep, we accept both. Good old Stealthy stuff strategy. and uh, purchasing things. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, which do we, what are we handling first? To run me down on that. Do you want to do enchantments first or do you want us to go shopping, Flint? Um, I think you guys should go shopping depending on what you, depending on what you guys get depends on the, the end, the enchantments I weave. Okay. Because I can enchant weapons or I can enchant your armor. All right. So your magical infusion, all it does is make it magic. Yeah, but, uh. It doesn't actually do anything. Powerful infusions is supposed to be just for your stuff. It's, it's one item. Oh. Well, still, making an item magic means that if it... Because can Flint make an item magic for us? He could, like, make your weapons magical for the purposes of overcoming damage, uh, damage resistance or make armor magical so that it becomes easier to carry around or take on or uh, take off. And I, I don't mean, have magical that problem. infusion, then, then, um, then I was specifically looking at powerful enchantments... Like um, oh, powerful enchantments. Yeah. Like, uh, no, because that's tied to your powerful infusions. Ah, shit. Mm. So, that sucks. So shopping is what we're doing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I tried, and I can still give you the po- the potion of inv- the the lotion of invisibility. Hey, that's a big freaking deal right there. Wait, is that an actual yes. potion or is it one of your spells? No, like the way Flint has it, it's sort of like fast. Well, okay, the question on. is: Is it your potion? Is it a spell slot? Yes, that's or my question. Or is it a potion? It's a spell slot. Then let's wait until we buy our gear and then do that. Because once you use that, it's we're going to turn invisible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not something we can carry and pop when we need it. It's going to happen what immediately. What level is the invisibility spell? Let's level two. Out. Level two? Oh, dang. And actually, uh, as you, ca- when you cast it at higher levels, dang it, where? Hold on. I'm sorry. For well, I know reason. you can make them both invisible. That's not what I was um, oh, thinking uh, of. There is a thing that you can do. Here we go. At 5th level, at the end of a short rest, you may choose to expend a spell slot to cast a spell of a level you can cast with a casting time of one action or one bonus action. This spell is stored in an object of your choosing worth at least one gold piece. Another creature may cast this spell as an action using your spell attack modifier or your spell save deep, uh, DC in place of their own. Items created by want. this feature last until you complete a short rest. That's what we want. 
Yes. So you I could spend that. your two spell slots. I do need to update that. I think it should be long rest, not short rest. Um, so that you can like regain your own shit. But you could just enchant two gold pieces, both with invisibility. I mean, it says... I mean, here's the thing. My, all my spells cast automatically at level 5 at this point. And it's like uh, at higher levels with invisibility, you can cast this... You can actually target one additional creature for each spell slot level above second. So, like, yeah, so I could actually you could just use it for everyone. do the one. Yeah. Yeah. Although you should do two that way. If it runs out, they can do it again. You got a point there. Let me uh, let me crack open my my document here to update. What spells do you? This is as we're planning. What spells do you have, Flint? <laughs> Depends. Are you talking about like the little magic tricks I can do all the time that I basically have tattooed on my hands or like No, anything you can give to us. I have You have identify, right? Uh no. Or detect magic. Uh no. I have dispel magic. I pull out the horse needle and go, I mean, obviously I have cure wounds and I pull out the jar of glass. I uh, remember that that jar of grass clippings I had. Yeah, uh, I remember that's that. basically an entangle spell. It makes things, it makes difficult terrain. I have, you know, detect magic and identify. I kind of pull up my goggles, goggles and the magnifying glass, and then obviously invisibility. I kind of have. I also have heat metal. I'm gonna, I'm not sure how good that'll be here. I'm not sure how many of these, uh, how many of the guards you'll encounter will have. Metal armor. Yeah, I think I think invisibility is the best thing you can do for us. Um, then obviously, lightning bolt, revivify, the sending spell. Then um, I actually haven't had the time to try this. Is a uh, stone skin. Uh, I don't think that'll help me. Yeah, all it basically it all it does is give you it. Well, actually, it's pretty useful. It gives you resistance to, like, you know, anything that's not magical that'll hit you, like, you know. So once you snare at you, it'll, you have, they can still hit because, you know, nothing's perfect. But you have a better chance of, you know, surviving that with your regular armor. Doesn't that particular item cost you 100 gold to make, though? Uh, you should you should look. This is out of character. You should look at that because it, it. What was it, the question? It does. A stone skin requires a hundred gold worth of Ooh. ingredients ah. to manufacture. <clears throat> so I mean, at the level I am right now of uh, um, artificer, oh yeah, holy shit, that is half. such an expensive spell. It's, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I, sorry. I don't have the book in front of me. All I have are my uh, little flashcards I made. I'm just I, but yeah, like, crafting... No, I, I just level. looked it... I just <laughs> looked it up. And... Like, because... Um, the resurrection spell, you need... Or the raised dead spell, you need a, a gem worth... Like, 500 GP or 50 GP or whatever. But the spell doesn't consume it. So as long as you have it, you can just keep casting the spell. But Stoneskin, it consumes the diamond dust worth 100 gold pieces. That is such an expensive spell. What the fuck? Yeah, like, Flynn has crafting expert at this point because of an art, because he's an artificer, and so 
when he crafts an item, he halves the normal cost of crafting. But at the same time, it's like yeah, God, that doesn't that's count so for fucking your, expensive. Your spells are still spells. Ah, shit. Their function as an item is flavor. Yeah. Not yeah. mechanical. Yeah. Anyways, that's still. Either way, it's still bullshit. It just consumes it. You can't reuse it. Oh, that sucks. It's yeah, fucking wild. Welcome to spellcasting rules. That's anyway, bullshit. are you guys going shopping first? Or are you info- what, are, what are you doing We're first? We're going to do a shopping do? montage to, f- to buy the items that we need so we can successfully infiltrate the palace. And then we'll come up with our plan. Cool. Oh, hey, I have a question. What? How much do messaging zones cost? Uh, Like 50 gold. We should get some so we can like you know talk to each other. Yeah, we'll we'll add that to the shopping without cart. having to burn like you know send. I know my sending spell slot. We're gonna add that to the shopping cart. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving. Uh, alrighty. Um. Well, um, Chang says so. My understanding is that Rovarth and Margo will infiltrate the palace for reconnaissance. Yes. Yes. All right. When are you planning to do this? This evening. Right, I mean, isn't that a good time? Yeah. Yeah, this evening's good. We're going to go under cover of darkness and not during the daytime. We should get some dark blue clothing. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's dark, it doesn't have to You're be blue. Invisible, but okay. Dark, dark blue clothing works better than dark clothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, it works fact. better than black. Than black, exactly. Uh, although oh, dark green cool. works better than dark blue. Well, then we'll get some dark green clothing. <laughs> We'll keep going until we get the right one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to check the limitations. Um, I don't know if the message stone is going to help you guys. Distance? Not distance. I think the message cantrip that it mimics, um, having the two stones that you guys have... Um, means that you're not really limited by distance quite as much. But the message is stopped by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin ah. sheet of lead, or three feet of wood. Yeah. Yeah, it's... So inside of the palace, you wouldn't be able to communicate with the uh, message stones. Understood. So I mean, it's not a bad idea for you guys to just get three more message stones so that all three of you can have one. Yeah, or I was four of you can I have one because Roscoe already has that. one. Yeah, I have one. I'm looking at it right now. That sounds like a plan. We have enough money. Say, so, yeah, I can quickly teleport us 500 feet in any direction. So can I, because Flint has dimension door. Yeah, nope. but you're supposed to be. You only have certain number of spell slots. You're supposed to be giving us invisibility, <laughs> and then I'll dimension door if shit hits the fan. Listen, I want to be useful. Invisibility. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a second. Is allowing giving them two charges worth of invisibility, two hours worth of invisibility, not being useful? Flint wants to be more useful. Like that was <laughs> Flint, That's basically how like 
Oh, shit. I moved. I hit my oh, mic. No. I'm sorry. Flint's trauma. <laughs> yeah, Flint. Flint's been like, like, uh, yeah, like, that's the thing. Flint wants to be as useful as he can, and he just, like, invisibility, like, well, yeah, that's useful. He doesn't feel like it's enough. We'll, uh, he's we'll, we'll get into that later, because this episode's over. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to give you a segue earlier. Dun, 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 Segways dun, dun, are nice. Dun, dun, dun. But uh, as for pluggables, for Eli says his thing again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, beat you this time. Okay, yeah, mm. I have a Twitter, an Instagram, and a TikTok. All are elvenly underscore e. Uh, I mean, I mainly yell at things. I yell about things I care about. I yell about things I think are funny. But but yeah, like I yell at things. I post art occasionally. Have fun. Go on. I have a YouTube channel that is Aerosil Prime, E-R-A-S-Y-L space P-R-I-M-E, where I play various RPGs, but, you know, the problem with video games, you can never really get the emotional trauma that you can out of a, you know, pen and paper tabletop RPG. So, you know, if you really want that, stay tuned for this. But uh, otherwise, if you want, you know, video game style, go check that out on YouTube. And you can find my emotionally wrecked ass on Instagram at Jerry Jerry Quite Contrary and Twitter at Jarius underscore Jer. I also write about wrestling on VoicesOfWrestling.com. I am completely drained right now, so I'm done. I'm Ashley. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Am Cosplay Clean, talking about a bunch of D and D stuff and cosplay. And I have been Eli Royal, and uh, this episode is officially a memoriam to my cat, who, as of today's recording in January 2021, had to be put down. He was a screaming baby who was 11 years old and 16 pounds of pure muscle. And Baby Kitty will be missed. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, sweet prince. Thank you for listening to this part of our Tale Traveler. Please, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever fine pods are cast. You can find us online at WePlayRPGs.com, on Facebook and Twitter at WePlayRPGs, and on Patreon at WePlayRPGs Podcast. Your patronage is what keeps this podcast alive.